1: Welcome again to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Donald Mazzella, and I am Editorial Director of Small Business Digest. We come to you through four media channels, here at Blog Talk Radio, through our online newsletters, via our magazine, and now video channel. They are now all available to you at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Each month... We touch more than one million small business leaders through our various channels. Each hour here at Small Business Digest Radio, we hope to bring you information, strategies, and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are carefully chosen for their expertise or experience. They do not pay to be on this program, but rather our editors and readers identify them. We also identify the topics of possible interest for our audiences. If you have any suggestions or particular topics you want us to cover, please email us at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at net. Tonight's program, like all our efforts, have a wide diversity, of guests talking about the topics you want to hear. Tonight is especially interesting for me, I think, because we're going to talk about website and communications and also how to improve profits and what's going to happen at Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Our first guest are Tony Ricciardi and um, uh, Jerry Hanley, co-founders Craig of Listen Hanley. Up Espanol. I'm sorry? Craig did I, Hanley. Did I say the name? Craig, uh, Craig Hanley. I'm sorry, Craig. My handwriting is getting bad and uh, worse each day. But, Just don't call uh, me uh,
2: dinner I'm I'm good. <laughs> when they came to us,
1: uh, uh, I thought... Uh, uh, this will be a topic our listeners would want to listen to, because we seem to be a, a bilingual nation to, uh, today, and uh, uh, Tony and Greg have come up with uh, what, what I think is a, a great solution for uh, small businesses. But as we always do, I'm asking Tony and Greg to tell, tell us a little bit about themselves and how they got to where they are here today. Um, I'll start.
3: Uh, my name's
1: Yeah, I'm Tony, uh, Ricciardi,
4: and uh you know, I my background uh started at um I used to work for a telecom carrier called WorldCom and I got um you know, I was in sales and management and recruited up to Maine to work for a small internet company, uh which uh quickly went through a uh a six month cycle and I uh they had to shut the doors on that. And I, you know, at, at that time I really didn't know what to do. Uh, there wasn't. It was right after 9/11, and um, I started, uh, you know, brokering some of the services that uh, that I had learned in the six-month stint at, at that um, marketing company. Um, and then, you know, shortly after that, Craig and I had met up, and we started a consulting business. Which, after you know, uh, three years, we ended up, um, you know, turning that consulting business and what we learned. In that consulting business, as far as um, making call centers more money through scripting and uh, and optimizing scripts and changing agents or training agents, we created a, another company called Listen Up Español, which we'll talk a little bit more about later.
0: Greg? So, uh, so
4: my,
0: yeah,
2: my, my background, I, um, <clears throat> you know, I was going to college for music. I went in the U.S. Army to try to make some money to go to college because I always wanted to be a musician. and. As I was going, taking, I don't know why, I was taking math and English, all those courses you need for a good music degree. Um, somebody said, you know, you're really good at sales, why don't you try selling? And that was kind of the start of uh, me getting out into the and in, in doing sales and marketing. And uh, I, I ended up working on a, as a phone rep in a call center and kind of made my way up into a script writer, a trainer, a manager all the different roles you can kind of take on within a call center. And from there, uh, there were a few entrepreneurial guys. They started their own centers, and they said, hey, you're pretty good at this. Why don't you come help us? And I ended up building call centers all over the country. So when it came time for, um, you know, Tony and I were talking about building a center, and I said, you know, um, we had a conversation. Said, 'You said, you know, the, the U.S. Hispanic market, there is no call center, really, that, you know, that services U.S. Hispanics. And so we decided to start one. So that was that was kind of the uh, the run up. I mean, I just described fifteen years worth of work in about you know three minutes, but that's kind of the long and the short of it.
1: Okay, so now tell us tell us a little bit about Listen Up Espanol and uh, why it should be important to a small business.
2: I think the the biggest thing about Listen Up Espanol is that no matter where your business is located in the U.S., that the Hispanic market is a growing market. They, uh, they're a market that really spends money more along the lines of how we used to spend money in the olden days in the Anglo market, where trust and quality is, is a really big trait. And, you know, Hispanics do make a lot of money. There is a lot of revenue available if you build your brands uh, the right way. Tony?
4: Um, yeah, I think the other thing is is that not a lot of businesses are focusing on the U.S. Hispanic market. Um, you know, so what we're seeing in the market is that there's a there's a huge potential uh, in marketing directly to them in verticals, uh, especially online, that are really crowded on the English market. But if you're able to, uh, you know, if you if you launch a program uh, targeting the Hispanic in Spanish online, uh, the cost to acquire a customer is much lower than it is to acquire a customer in English, and uh, there's an opportunity there.
1: So basically, uh, what you fellows offer, if I understand, uh, is the ability to to have uh, uh, Hispanic-speaking operators answer your question, answer the questions from that marketplace. When we see, uh, uh, for English, hit one, for a uh, 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 spanish hit to sometimes they're going to your your operation
2: you know it, it maybe it started out as we were going to be just a call center to handle phone calls for the US hispanic market and those are you know tv shows that are being advertised on Univision or Telemundo or hispanic channels but what we what we realized was that the opportunity was probably bigger than that and so you know, today there's a lot of people who they don't really have a budget, you know, set forth to go after this market. And so we've actually added services like internet marketing, translation services, um, dubbing. You know, someone has uh, a dubbing need, um, full production services. I mean, we actually have added a lot of services. So we today really look at ourselves as as the term key solution Spanish in a box, which is actually Tony's term that I just stole from him but uh we're the turnkey solution if you want to market to US Hispanics we're the answer
1: okay i um, i'm a small business i want to come to you
0: uh,
1: i i think my product can be effective or my service can be effective how do you go about uh analyzing and, uh and and asking a business what are the questions you ask a bit of a potential new customer who comes to you of thinking that he or she should be in the Spanish market. Uh, in the Spanish market.
2: You want me to answer that, Tony? You want to yeah, go ahead, and I'll,
1: go ahead. No, go ahead, and I'll, I'll add on to that.
2: All right. Um, really, it, it's you know, today what we would do is kind of look at what they're doing for marketing today to the Anglo market. We kind of evaluate whether or not that's going to work for the Spanish market. Changes that might have to be made. Um, do they have a budget to market? There's if it's a small business. You know, and they don't have any budget for it whatsoever to to, to test or dip their toe in the water. You know, then they need to come up with some sort of budget. But ultimately, what are they doing today in the English market? Can it be duplicated in the Spanish? And if it can't, you know, what do we have to do to change it? So an example would be: we have a client who was selling a kitchen product, and um, the host wasn't Hispanic and didn't really fit with what the demographic was looking for, and the way they presented the show was really more about the functionality of the product. And in the Hispanic market, we really wanted to get a host that could relate to the Spanish market. We also wanted to look at the benefits of the product as opposed to the feature of the product, the uh, the feature um, that, that they, were, they were really pushing in the U.S. side. So it was really just trying to figure out how we were going to translate that show, you know, to the U.S. Hispanic. The,
4: the other thing is, is to add to build on that, what Craig's saying is that you know, our verticals in marketing specialties is direct mail, uh, TV infomercials, commercials, and radio as far as direct selling. Um, so what we look at, and also now uh, we've been looking at uh, Internet marketers. So we look at what the, the strength is in the existing campaigns that they have, what Craig's talking about, and then figuring out how do we enculturate those, those same media channels. Because what we're finding is that all those, all those media channels, if you're marketing a product
0: or a service
4: in, in any of those areas, typically there's a, a radio station, a TV network, a, uh, there's uh, a direct mail uh, infrastructure, and there's also a lot of uh, Internet marketing space in Spanish. On the internet, so we just take the translation and we, we take the successful business model that a small business is having in marketing a product or service, and then we just flip that and then we run it on a different media channel targeting u s latino
1: um, are there um, d- well obviously there are differences, but what are the main differences when attacking the the Spanish market over the Anglo market? Um, what should we be looking for? I think the biggest challenge, some,
4: or mistake, that um, when you're looking for things, as far as uh, doing it right, and some people just use when they translate, they figure that if they just translate an ad or a copy, then it will actually resonate and connect with the with the U.S. Hispanic. But if you really have to inculturate the copy. Uh, so it does connect culturally uh, with the U.S. Hispanic market, just not uh, a, uh, a Google's translation. Uh, so we think that the, the messaging uh, in a Spanish way of connecting with the U.S. Hispanic is probably the most important thing to focus on. Craig, you want to hmm. add to that? No, I, I think you covered it. I mean, the,
2: the biggest thing is don't overthink it. I mean, these are, these are Hispanics, but they live in the U.S., and that's why Tony mentioned the acculturation rate. I mean, really, you know, where are you, you know, looking to acquire customers? And if the acculturation rate is a family that feels like they're more Hispanic than American, then you need to make sure you know how to talk to them. But really, it's it's the same people, you know, it's, it's your neighbors, you know, that you're trying to work with. So your neighbors who really, um, in today's culture, they're more neighborly, you know, they still make they still make uh, cakes for their neighbor, they still, you know, have neighborhood parties. It just it's just a culture that really um uh, is is um trusting and giving. So I think you just you just need to be aware of that in the culture. That they you know, they're good people.
1: Uh, near my office is a a double billboard uh from I won't mention the company. The the on the left it's in Spanish and on the right it's in English. And uh, there are different, they're different people, uh, both women, but different people. Um, the Spanish is much shorter uh, and much more emphatic than the English. I mean, um, I'm, is that a part of it? I, I've noticed that the, uh, the Spanish seems to be much more um, pithy, much more hard-hitting. Is that something you've seen?
4: I don't know, I, I, I see that the, uh, you know, we're looking at messaging, it's really about, you know, the, um, the age bracket that you're, um, that you're marketing, uh, the acculturation as far as are they more Hispanic uh, acculturated or American um, Hispanic or Hispanic American. Um, you know, the other thing is that the U.S. Latino is very, um, you know, they're very heavy on, on music, food, and family.
5: So you know, those
4: are three categories that we focus on, um, because in our messaging, those are those are the things. Family is, is really important. Um, U.S. Hispanics live in two worlds. <laughs> they you know they they live in the uh, the American world and, and their their, uh, their home their country of origin. Uh, and in today's economy and you know internet world, it's a lot easier for the Latino to stay connected with their roots because there's so many different ways to continue the connection, whether it be through Skyping or just calling or just the travel. It's, uh, as me as a, as a second generation Italian, um, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot harder for us to keep the, um, I guess the enculturation with my family over in Italy than it is today, I think, with the U S Hispanic market. So what we're seeing is the enculturation and, and people being, uh, you know, holding on to the values that they've had uh, in whether it be Mexico or Dominican Republic or uh, Puerto Rico, um, you know, those that value system and the things that they hold important, um, whether it be even soccer, is, uh, is, the, is part of the messaging uh, that we feed our, our, our content through.
1: Well, um, I've been told that there's uh, four or five distinct there's the northeastern Hispanic, there's the southern Hispanic, the Texas Hispanic, and the West Coast Hispanic. Um, do you uh, do you make allowances for that, or do you think it's con- becoming homogenized? Craig, uh, we don't really. You know, I think
2: again, Tony talked about your product and the uh, the demographic you're going after. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're looking at Texas or L.A., the age brackets are kind of all over the board right now, and it's just, you know, if your product targets a, a more senior demographic, then you want to put a little bit more emotion, and you want to make sure that the show is a little bit more Latino-oriented than if you're going after someone who's 25 to 35. They're, they're most likely bilingual,
1: um, so it really depends on your product. Well, uh, I've been asking you all sorts of questions. Uh, tell us a little bit, how do, how do people reach you uh, if they wanted to talk, uh, learn more about uh, you, and your services, et cetera?
4: Um, our website is www.listenupespañol.com. Um, and my email address is tony at com, And Craig's is Craig. Craig at listenupespanol.com. dot com, and we're always, um, you know, always connected and, and reply to you know to emails and help out other entrepreneurs.
1: Well, um, I, I want to keep you a few more minutes if you have the time, because yeah. I find this topic fascinating. Um, uh, do you think that um, uh, uh, websites should be? Um, uh, should have the ability, this was brought up to me by someone who saw that you were coming on the program. Do you think uh, uh, the choice of seeing a website in Spanish or English will ever catch on?
4: Um, it is catching on. Uh, it depends on the, the how you're targeting. Uh, you know, we'll sometimes just have a, uh, an Espanol toggle button at the top. And, see, and just see if it's uh, it, how many people are actually hitting that page. And that page will go to uh, coming soon, de- uh, being developed, and it will say that in Spanish. Uh, and you can actually measure to see how many people are actually uh, you know, hitting that. Well, Craig and I believe, though, is it's, and that's why we opened up the Internet company, it's probably more important um, when you're targeting the Hispanic is to have a customer service number. So when they call the customer service number, it goes to a, a Hispanic agent. So it'd be great, I think, that you have a, uh, for customer service or questions, to have Espanol a a toll-free number and English a toll-free number. And then you can always, uh, before making the investment, on on translating or enculturating your website uh, to measure to see how many people are really going to that. It also depends on how many uh, are you targeting in Spanish um, to drive that type of traffic to your website.
1: Well... Would you, would you fellows mind um, uh, st- hanging on? Uh, we, our, ne- my next guest uh, is talking about badges and customer service, and I'd like to get into uh, that if you have the time to stay with us. Sure, Craig, can you? Okay. Yep.
3: Um,
1: okay, I'm. I'm going to bring our next guest on board. Um, I just opened her line. Maria, are you on? Maria? Well, I was hoping to put her on. Marie? We, we'll we hear talking. something, but we don't... Um, let me try... Um,
2: we, Maria, we are you on? Custom, we were talking about customer service. What do you need to know?
5: <laughs> I am on the line.
1: Oh, there she is. Marie, do you have the number one 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 or seven one six?
5: I have um, the. You mean on the call number in? Yes. Uh, I have do you, do you two three. In?
1: No, no. Is your number seven six. one six? Is your number seven one six? Your call in number. The, the number you're calling Might from. My call
5: in number? No, it's actually six for sec.
1: Okay. Uh, We have another guest coming on, and uh, I just gave him the uh, opportunity. Uh, uh, Maria Cott, you're you're with the Mighty Badge and uh, You Who Do It Yourself Name Badge Kits. And um, I want to welcome you to the program. Um, uh, I I, I ask all my guests to say a little bit about the background and the reason i invited you on is because the the single biggest thing that um uh, our our readers right now or our uh, our listeners are talking about now is customer service and what's going to happen um uh in the, in, the, in the next couple of weeks when we get into the holiday season so um uh, uh the first marie uh, tell us a little bit about yourself
5: Well, I've been in um, business, in this business, the Neem business, for over 30 years. So it's a niche market. I actually started out as as an accountant, a titillating profession, very exciting. And then after about 15 years, I moved over to uh, run a business that I had invested with with a friend, it was an initially an angel investment, and then I moved over and started managing it full time.
1: That's an unusual way of doing it. And you've been how long? You've been managing it.
5: You know, I, when I originally got into the business, I had invested twenty thousand dollars and signed a bank loan, and. It turned out that then the bank called me, and they were going to call the loan, which ended up being $700,000. So So rather than... I definitely had a decision to make. That's right. I definitely had a decision to make, which was a very easy decision. I had to move from Montreal, Quebec, to Vancouver, British Columbia, and make back the money in name badges. And you did. I did. It's been a, you know, name, amazingly enough, name badges are worn by almost everyone. If you leave your office and you go to a deli and order a sandwich, you'll see the person wearing a name badge. If you go to a fitness center, you'll see a person wearing a name badge going into a department store. So there's millions and millions of name badges sold every Year. In fact, the industry is about half a billion dollars just in uh, the U.S.
1: And there's many different types uh, of name badges. But what what prompted me to invite you on the program was something that uh, was sent to me that said uh, that if a per, that if a customer service person wore a name badge, uh, they were more uh, the customers more apt to be. Uh, uh, more trusting of the person than if they weren't. Uh, that's what really uh, impelled me to invite you on the program, and I'm wondering uh, if you if you could address a little bit of, of that.
5: I think it's interesting because um, professional name badges, which is sort of uh, moving away from the sticky tape on your shirt, the minute you put on a professional badge.
0: You definitely,
5: the employee becomes more accountable and responsible to the customer. The customer feels more confident in their expertise, and it's instant. It's like an instant connection, almost an instant relationship that is developed between the two. I mean, a relationship starts with a name, so you can see how that would work, but there's no. There's been so many surveys showing that if your employees are wearing a name badge and that it's a professional badge, the customer feels much more confident in um, working with that person.
1: Well, let's bring our uh, Hispanic experts in on a moment. Um, uh, do you, have you found that in your in your um, in the Spanish market that's the case? Uh, and are there any differences between the Spanish and the Anglo in this? Yeah, you know, I, I I don't think so. I think she's right on.
4: Um, you know, the personal. I, I think that the personalization um, is is really important. I mean, if we you know when we're looking at. You know, customer service at a call center level. Um, you know, we we actually look at the Tony Shea or the the Zappos model as far as wowing the customer, and every single time you're you're able to to uh, you know to provide that that hands on or you know with the name badges, it doesn't make the person feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, but if you forgot their name. Uh, and also to call them by their name. It's the it's the best thing that they want to hear is their name. Um, so you know, I think she's right on with what with what you're talking about. And you know, and, on the Hispanics feel the same way.
1: Well, well uh, Marie, let me ask you this question. Um, uh, some some um,
0: uh-huh. uh, floor
1: personnel have told me that they don't like it because. Um, if the customer gets irate or anything, uh, they have a they have an easy way of identifying the person and uh, uh, causing uh, trouble. Uh, wh- wh- what do you say about that?
5: I think that I think you know everyone deals with uh, customers who are irate, but a lot of the retail, especially, only use first names. So that becomes less identifiable, let's say. I think also, you know, you were just talking about the Hispanic market. I think one of the interesting things is today people actually want to be serviced in their own language. And one of the trends has been to put languages spoken or flags on badges. So that connection is made at that level. But I do feel that once the, um, the last name goes on, it is a little bit of a concern. I mean, there's certainly on that end uh, an irate customer can complain or, you know, create a challenge.
1: Well, Marie, you're, you're the expert on, on badges, et cetera. And you say, I hadn't realized it was a half-a-billion-dollar industry but what I are know, the
5: trends it's shocking. The,
1: uh, it, it is. Uh, uh, one thing I love about this program, you know, I learned something. Go ahead, you first, Marie.
5: You know what? It, it's amazing, honestly, that it is such a large industry. I think that, tre- well, you know, one of the trends will make everyone laugh. I mean, you need to have very legible names and big print, and you can understand which demographic is looking at that. <laughs> But um, I think <clears throat> I think the key is personal service. People want to be personally serviced. They like to see if you have certifications, if you've won an award, if you you know. A lot of trends are that uh, companies put you know the hobbies. Like I love skiing or um, show little pictures of their dogs or their pets. It really is about the relationship building. And that's a big, you know, today people want a connection. They're in front of their computers so often. When they actually get up and go out into the world, you know, they want to connect with people. They want to stand out. They want the people servicing them to be, you know, focused on them, and it really matters. I agree with uh, your uh, gentleman there. Personal service is absolutely critical.
4: It's even more critical today with the social component because the, we look at the lifetime value of a customer, and you know it doesn't cost very much to acquire another customer because people refer them. And with the social networks out there, when you're doing something really good for a client and you wow them, or on a customer service call on an irate customer, you're able to wow them. That's something that that person doesn't forget. And typically if you wow them like they haven't been wowed before by by another retailer or something, they're going to tell somebody else about that. And potentially you'll acquire
1: a new customer at zero cost.
0: Well, well, that's
1: a, that's a good one that we should repeat.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, um, your best uh, advertiser is a satisfied customer. Um, but uh, l- let me ask you, uh, my my two Hispanic uh, experts, uh, uh, in the Hispanic market, is a tendency to be more critical or less critical than um, in other markets? Uh, what
4: do you mean by critical?
1: well of uh, critical of service are they tend to be more vocal about poor service or good service than uh, the, the population in general or, or about the same
4: they typically won't say anything they won't they won't call in they, they'll you'll just lose them uh, and you know, um, that's 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 what we that's one of the things that we've found that's why social listening is really important when you're when you're working with the Hispanic market um, But that's why the the surveys, even when you're surveying uh, the Hispanics, the surveys might be a little bit skewed based on what they're telling you. Go ahead, Maria.
5: Maria. You know, I was just going to say that what's so interesting about the demographic that cares about name badges is that the younger demographic, the 18 to 30 demographic, absolutely wants to know the name of the person working with them. That shocked me. When we ran the um, survey on that, which demographic expects to receive that level of connection, it's definitely the younger demographic of buyers and um, people who want to be serviced.
4: Maria, I That's thought it was interesting. really interesting what you were talking about. Was uh, was having a unique uh, identifier as far as what's what's cool about you, other than just your name. I think that was that was a real big takeaway for me.
5: And you know what? Our the way we have the every brand has a unique style, even font, color of how they're representing themselves. I think that's really, you know, you think people wouldn't want to wear name badges. They love it. They want to stand out. They want to be noticed. I mean, it's amazing how important it is because, you know, people aren't so good at socializing as they used to be. It's a different world.
1: that's, That's very, very, very true. I have to tell you a story. Uh, many years ago uh, I presented in front of a group of HR uh, um, people down in Houston Texas and said to them that they should have a uh, this were retailers and said to them they should have a, a hierarchy uh, of and uh, uh, rewarding good customer service people by giving them gold uh, silver or uh, bronze uh, uh, uh... badges and uh... around their names and i, I was hooted off the stage and that's many years ago but uh, i ran into uh... one of the people that was there uh... many years later and he said you know i, uh, I disagreed with you then but you, you you uh... over the years it's proved to be very true uh, i'll ask marie uh... Uh, giving uh, recognition like that—have you run across that? And what? How do you feel about it?
5: I think I think it's critical. I mean, would you not want to be serviced by one of the top people in whatever uh, location you are? You know, I think titles matter. I think um, recognizing people—you can have a whole employee recognition program tied to your badge program. And, you know, if you talk about cost-effectiveness and really um, getting PR for the people that have been top performers, what a great way to do it. It's a consistent, you know, every day you can have employee of the month. I, you know, I also liked your idea, gold, silver, white, bronze, you know, using color codes, but people really enjoy being recognized. And the guests and the customers Love to recognize people in this way. It really is a huge communicator. I think it's fun. You know, you're having fun with it. We have gems. Everybody loves uh, glitz and glamour. (laughs) We have um, different ways to, um, we have badge talkers and little hats that go on badges. I mean, it's fun. You know, and I think people need that, you know. It's just a great way. Well, uh, you know, uh, even do, like it's true, we... Okay,
1: you go, Marie. Go ahead.
5: I was just saying, you know, one of the interesting things, we did a survey in the medical profession, and one of the sort of humorous uh, things that you look at is people don't know who's coming to see them. You know, they wanted to know if it's the doctor and what's their specialty, because if someone comes to them and they, it's a guy and they think it's the doctor, they go through a whole story, it's the wrong person. I mean, even simple identification is that, you know. A huge group of people were saying they'd love to see what the specialty of the doctor or nurse was.
1: Listen, that, that again, is interesting. Uh, Marie, uh, the name of your company...
5: Imprint Plus and the um, product that we have, the Mighty Badge. It's mighty. Tell us about it. It's uh, we about. actually have thirty years of innovation wrapped up into this product. We've been selling it directly for years, and um, we we sort of developed a name badge kit. It's a do-it-yourself professional kit, and you could anyone can use it. You could have only two employees or 200000 And you could make name badges with any PC or printer in whatever design you choose. It could have graphics, text, print, color. It's really simple to use. And um, it's, it's actually really a, uh, a product that will help you stand out in every way and very well tested.
1: Okay. <laughs> We have um, uh, our last. Uh, do you fellows mind the three of you? Mind staying on the line. We uh, our next guest is going to talk about cyber uh, fr- uh, uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and uh, 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 now it's it's beginning. Uh, uh, I guess it's Thanksgiving night now, and even earlier. But um, would you mind staying on and we talk about uh, what's coming up in the next uh, six weeks? I, I would like to, but I've got to—I've
4: uh, got a to, uh, one of my kids' events. I got—I'm outside right now in my car. I got to get in for that. Um, so this is Tony and, and Craig already uh, had to jump off to another obligation that he had. Um, it sounds like a terrific subject, but I—I I, I need to uh, to to take off. Well, thank. I would be happy uh, to. Okay, but uh, but thank you uh, for the invite, Uh, Maria. I'm shocked about your business. I love your niche, and uh, you're extremely bright, and it seems like you're really passionate about it. So, congratulations!
5: Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: thank you, Don, for having us. Thank you. Uh, Our next guest is Brian Shaw. Brian, are you on?
3: I am, Don. How are you
1: tonight? Uh, You've been very patient waiting. Uh, uh, You've been listening to our program. You're on with Maria Cott of Mighty Badge, and you're with 3D Cart, and you're here to talk about Black Friday and Cyber Monday.
3: Yeah, two of the busiest and most important days for online retailers. uh, Well...
1: uh, we we've, we've talked about the personal, now we're going to talk about the online. Uh, but first, we, uh, as I always do, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Yeah, my pleasure.
1: Uh, my name is Brian
3: Shaw, everyone. I work for a company called 3D Cart based out of Tamarack, Florida. Uh, 3D Cart is an all-inclusive hosted fast e-commerce solution. Uh, in layman's terms, we pretty much provide software for Anyone who uh, has an interest to start an online store, we we grant them the ability and the software to be able to do so.
0: All right.
1: Um, uh, Black Friday is coming up and Cyber Monday. Uh, Do you have some advice for people, especially small businesses, uh, who are fighting the big stores and fighting uh, people going?
0: Go ahead. Absolutely. The floor is yours. Um,
3: I appreciate it, Don. Um, in 2012, uh, both Black Friday and Cyber Monday saw significant increases in terms of online sales.
5: Uh, Cyber Monday
3: last year in 2012, according to ComScore, uh, pulled in about $1.98 billion in online sales. Uh, and now, now, what's even more important, what's even more surprising, I should say, is that Black Friday, typically uh, the biggest retail shopping day of the year, is quickly catching up to be one of the busiest online shopping days of the year as well. In 2012, Black Friday saw about 57 million Americans shopping online, uh, and they spent close to uh, a little bit more than $1 billion. Now, as small business owners moving into the holiday season, uh, many of you, if you operate online storefronts, have already taken the necessary time and, and put in the effort to prepare your online stores for the, for the massive holiday spending rush. And a lot of online marketers are really catering their efforts, their promotional campaigns, their newsletter campaigns, their social media marketing to really reach out to so many different target audiences and the, the people in America who are really just uh, flocking in droves to uh, online retail. Well, how could a small
1: business, um, do you have any suggestions or ideas for a small business? on um, uh, how to prepare for it and uh, some tips on how to uh, make money off of this uh, f- phenomenon?
3: Absolutely. Right I here. think if you're, involved in, if you're involved in online retail, I think there's multiple channels which you can take advantage of. Uh, the first, and I think the most important, especially given the date and how close Black Friday and Cyber Monday are, given that the fact that they're only really a week away,
0: um, is
3: engaging social media marketing. I think you should target your, your consumers or your repeat shoppers by offering up maybe a promotional code that's exclusively available to those who follow you on Facebook. Uh, you can do the same to those who might follow you on Pinterest or all your social media channels, for that matter. Um, newsletter marketing is also vital to the success of any online retailer looking to maximize their holiday profits. Uh, newsletter marketing is a great way to reach out to your customers and let them know, of some of the new merchandise that you might have in, or some of the special deals and promotions that you're offering for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um, I also recommend, you know, setting up, uh, you know, buy one, get one free promotions. You know, maybe maybe online retailers could, you know, could uh, could see positive results from offering 15% off for uh, on entire orders for first-time customers, you know, in an effort to gain visibility and drag new customers into their online stores. Um, truth be told, I mean, there's a lot of things that online retailers can do, um, but, you know, I, I guess the, the, the majority of them are already kind of set up to, to, to maximize uh, holiday visibility and exposure. But for those who haven't really spent too much time, you can, uh, you know, uh, another great thing is to decorate your, your e-store, to decorate your social media profiles with some holiday wallpaper, some holiday banners, and kind of like a, similar to what a brick-and-mortar store would do Uh, In terms of window shopping, you know, you walk by any store on Christmas and, you know, the windows are decked out with Santa Clauses and, you know, other holiday cheer, online retailers can really take advantage of that as well by kind of decorating their e-stores and their social media profiles to really kind of attract uh, some visibility to either the promotional campaigns that they're launching for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Well...
1: um... Maria, do you, uh, let me uh, go to, to the personal side. Uh, do you have any thoughts um, about uh, 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 the, the massive the number of people that are coming into stores in these uh, in these days? Um, do you have any thoughts on that?
5: Well, I could first say I love to shop,
0: <laughs> both
5: online and in the store. So I have to say I definitely take advantage of both. I definitely think the promotions are what everyone's looking for. I completely agree with your guest. And the promotion and everyone expects it right at that moment. And people have money. I mean they're definitely taking their money out to buy. So I also think that small companies, I mean we're, you know, everybody has to sell online. I think for every small business, it's critical that they get into that game because people like to shop online. So I think that you can sell things really, I mean, you have to take advantage of that opportunity. We definitely um, support all our dealers that uh, sell online as well as have our own uh, online products. So I, I, you know... It's a really key moment, and, you know, everyone needs to make something of it. But I can tell you one thing. I'll be (laughs) shopping. No,
3: Marla, you know, I I couldn't agree with you more, Marla. I mean, I think having an online extension, even for those who run brick-and-mortar stores, is absolutely essential in 2013. Um, As as these numbers show, uh, year over year, I mean, online sales are skyrocketing during the holiday season. And it really behooves all retail merchants and all brick-and-mortar store owners to tap into that e-commerce market. And that's exactly what we're all about over at 3D Cart. We want to empower every person who either has a retail store or every person who's interested in getting involved in the online marketplace. We want to empower them to create their own business and then provide them with the tools so they can see their business thrive. Well, Brian, um, uh,
1: these two days this whole weekend uh, puts a great strain on a lot of e commerce sites um, and uh one of the things one of the surveys we did last year said that um seven percent of the uh merchants we sur- uh, online- mer- merchants we surveyed had some sort of outage in that 4 uh, the, uh the day period Uh, How can you
3: prevent that? I think it all comes in preparation, Don. I think that, uh, you know, e-commerce store owners need to, uh, you know, start preparing for the holiday season back in August and September uh, months in advance. Um, And one of the things they can do to ensure that there's, you know, no downtime or, you know, that they don't uh, lose their their server their server doesn't crash on them is to make sure that they expand their bandwidth, they expand, the amount of data that can be transferred over the server to make sure that they do A and B testing on their site to ensure the functionality of their store come the holiday season so these people aren't experiencing crashes and so your loyal customers and your new customers can log online and experience really a seamless uh, uh, shopping experience online. Well, you
1: know, Obamacare has shown the importance of doing testing beforehand. It sure has. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, how do you, uh, you know, the question has been asked to me several times, how do you sure. test beforehand?
3: Easily. I think that, uh, yeah, I think that depends. It varies from business to business, and it's going to vary depending on business size. But for small to medium-sized online stores, the best way to A-B test or to test your site is just to make sure that you every day go online and play with the functionality of it to make sure that your buy now buttons work. To make sure that uh, whatever payment solutions you have uh, set up for your online store function and, and, and operate seamlessly. Um, I think that the more e-store owners play around with their sites, the more that they'll realize if there are bugs, you know, they'll be, they'll be able to actually you know, notice if there are problems with the website. And then they'll be able to in advance before the holiday season rolls around, work on fixing some of those problems. Um, but you know, one of the big things that you mentioned earlier, it is it, sometimes out of a merchant's control. If their server crashes and it can't handle the massive amount of, or the spike in traffic that's coming during the holiday season, you know, e-store owners need to kind of prepare for that. They need to increase their bandwidth. They need to increase the amount of memory and the amount of traffic that their site can handle. And through, through e-commerce solutions, or all e-commerce solutions, be it open source or paid, will offer various hosting options you know, a 3D card, for example, we host all of our online stores internally and then you can easily upgrade from a specific monthly pa- a plan that allows, you know, a certain gigabyte of data transfer to a, a, you know, maybe a larger plan that allows for more data transfer that's able to handle,
5: you know, uh, uh,
3: more aptly handle the, the massive spike in traffic that you'll experience during the holidays. Well, l- let me ask you
1: another question. Uh, sure. It seems to, me, seems to me, at this time, uh, and again based on our survey last uh, l- last year, four uh, percent of the people we surveyed said that they had some sort of an attack um, uh, from some from some uh, uh, people attempting to uh, break into their systems. How do how do you uh, build better security in f- during this period?
0: Yeah,
3: I don't know if you're familiar with SSL certificates, but SSL certificates, you'll notice that sometimes when you go to an online store, that you'll have an HTTP address, right? Um, With an SSL certificate, it provides encrypted data transfer. So with an SSL certificate installed in an online store, uh, instead of the HTTP that you normally get, you'll get an HTTPS, and sometimes you'll get a green icon that appears next to the URL. Now, in 3D card and in, in any online you know operation that you run, you can purchase SSL certificates, which really, what that does it encrypts all the data and the sense of the payment information, a user's address, and makes sure that that stuff is, is really difficult for online hackers to get at or to access. Now, unfortunately, you know as technology advances, so does the skill and the knowledge of online hackers, so companies are, are, are struggling all the time to to take you know whatever security measures possible to ensure and you know a safe online shopping environment for every customer that comes online but truth be told you know it, it like all things in this world nothing is 100% secure but with an ssl certificate online store owners are going to go a very long way to not only uh, assuring that a buyer's experience is safe and secure but also reassuring their customers that when they see that https That they know that when they enter the credit card information or their sensitive payment information, that their
1: data is going to be safe and secure. Maria, let me. uh, While we're on security, uh, what have you found um, uh, in 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 the sense of this? Have you had to beef up the security uh, of your products uh, uh, in in this day age? Uh, What do you do for security? not for your website Well, you know I product. mean if you're
5: looking at e- you know on the product the, um, when, I just want to mention one thing about the e-stores you know one thing that wasn't said is people have to lose their fear about selling online I think people think they won't understand it it won't be effective it won't be efficient but I think it really is and I think you know if you finally just overcome your fear and spend the time it takes to work on that I think it's critical. In name badges, I think one of the key things about any area now is people want everything to be secure. We can put barcodes on our, all kinds of graphics to, um, to secure, uh, to, to get the name badge to be secure. There's many different ways that you can have cards and security ID. Uh, name badges are soft security. But there is definitely hard-coded cards that are used all the time, these days especially. You know, it's a de- like I said, the world has changed in that way too. It's not only online security people worry about. People worry about security every day. You know, And, and name badges definitely people are, yet again, if you're identified and you belong somewhere, it's a better situation.
0: Yeah,
3: you You're know, I mean, with Don, our Don and Mara, if you don't mind, I, I know that, Ma, you were talking about name badges earlier, and if it's all right, I'd kind of like to transfer that same topic over to online and what was mentioned by Tony and uh, his colleague just a little bit earlier in the show. I think that you bring up a very valid point in, in name recognition. And, you know, people who shop, you know, in retail stores, they want to know the person that's servicing them. And the same is true for online retail as well especially for online retailers that are involved in social media marketing. I think it's very important when you're reaching out to your customers via social channels that you identify yourself, you identify who you are, that you're positioning the company because people really want to know that they're being serviced by an actual person who cares about them and who's willing to go the extra mile. So I really love the idea of name badges, and I would love to see a company come up with almost a virtual name badge of sorts it allows e-commerce retailers to really kind of put their staff first and foremost uh, in terms of trying to combat some of the customer service issues that they experience.
1: You've got a possibility of a new product, Marie.
5: You know, I love that. I love that idea. And really what you're saying is personal branding and making sure that people definitely know who they're dealing with. And I think I it's think really it's so true. Tough. I mean, both I love polite. the idea. Marie, you
1: first, then, then you,
5: Brian. Well, you know, I just think it's so – I think that people don't see that there's such a tie-in between the whole personal service, how much personal service you could get on a e-line, you know, an e-commerce site, even just the way you can talk, chat as you go all of these things speak to one thing, and it's what you said initially. It's people want customized service.
3: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Really well said.
5: Yeah.
3: Well, on that
1: positive note, let's, Brian's uh, your company again and how they can reach you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. My company, again, is called 3D Card. Uh, you can locate them online at www.3dcard.com.
0: Uh, my
3: contact information is B Shaw. That's B-S-H-A-W, at 3 um, You know, I've been helping uh, small to medium sized business owners, you know, not only start uh, businesses but successfully grow their businesses for the past several years. Uh, if you're an online store owner out there and you have any questions about Cyber Monday, Black Friday, or e commerce in general, feel free to uh, reach me out via the email address at any time. And Maria.
5: My name, you can reach me at mkott, K-O-T-T, at imprintplus.com. Our company name is Imprint Plus. Obviously, we're on the uh, web, and our product that we've been talking about is the Mighty Badge, and you can look that up. Just Google it, and you will find it right on the web for you. Well,
1: uh Brian and Marie, thank you. For, um, uh, uh, and Tony and Greg, thank you for uh, another of our well, uh, yeah, so well, we're here to help our listeners. And I hope they enjoyed this hour. Um, thank you both for, for making this a really interesting hour.
5: Thank All you well, so thank much. You Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience and profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. If you like what you heard today, tell others about our efforts. If you would like to be a guest or suggest topics for future hours, email me at info at smallbusinessdigest.net. That's info at smallbusinessdigest.net. We would also like to remind listeners that besides our radio efforts, Small Business Digest comes to you via the web, through our video channel, and in our magazine. You can subscribe for any or all of these by going to smallbusinessdigest.net. That's smallbusinessdigest.net. Thank you and have a good day.